Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, depending on where you are in the world. This is Pastor Teacher Dr. James Sutton of Walk in True Christian Fellowship Church. I want you to be encouraged to be blessed. And this is Real Talk Weekend. Real Talk Weekend. Where I discuss some of the things that's going on out here in my life, <clears throat> in the life of the church, and just in uh, life of humankind. I've been looking at a lot of videos that have been sent to me about uh, domestic violence in the church. We're going to get to that, and we're probably not going to get to that today. But what I want to go to is the covering. And I want to go not for the covering of the church who has the pastor who commits domestic violence against his wife. I'm going to go even further than that. The covering of the wives or the women for men in general or specific, however you want to look at it. And the question I put out on Facebook, if you want to go to Facebook and look at it, uh, it's James James Sutton II or Walking Truth Christian Fellowship on Facebook. You can also contact me at Walk in Truth Ministries, one word, at yahoo.com or jcsmortg at yahoo.com or sutton968 at gmail.com or inbox me through messenger also uh, on twitter walk in truth radio and on instagram walk in truth radio um and you can listen to this on your favorite podcast platform just google walk in truth radio it will come up Dr. James Sutton. So let's get started. I'm so excited about today. I've got several questions because I put it out there from women uh, concerned about the subject. So the, the question is, women that are, what's the difference between a covering or a cloaking woman in reference to their man? Now, when you look up the word covering and cloaking in the Webster's Dictionary, they're the same. But for our sake today, we're going to make a difference between the two, and I hope you see the difference. And I would have to go back. It's going to tell my age kind of sort of, but I'm a Star Trek fan, an original Star Trek fan, and some of the others. In the original Star Trek, just follow me. If you're not a fan, you should be able to follow me. The Klingons and the Federation. The Federation is Star Trek. The Klingons are the enemy of the Federation, and they're at war in space. And what better device, even with the stealth bomber, think about it. The stealth bomber, well, the Klingons had developed what they call a cloaking device. The cloaking device would make them undetectable. You can't see them. You can't shoot at them. You can't fight them because you can't see them. You can't detect them with radar. You can't detect them with any of the known technology of today. They're invisible. The Starship Enterprise was covered. They're covered by a shield. You can still shoot at them. You can still see them. But the strength of the shield would not let you penetrate them. So covering is the shield. You can still see them. You can still detect them. And you can still see them. And they're there. And they protect what you can see. The cloak is one that you can't detect. You can't see. You don't even know it's there. It's almost as if... It's really not there. It's undetectable. So 
That's my difference. Now, let's go into this. So, there are great women out here. Awesome, beautiful women of God who are in relationships, dating or married, where they are the covering for their man. Now, some I'm going to use some reference to scripture, but I'm not going to go into it in depth because I want you to go back and look. There's a story in the Old Testament with Barak and Deborah or Deborah, depending on how you want to pronounce it. And Barak was supposed to go to war. Deborah, the prophetess and the judge, told Barak, you need to do what God has told you to do. She bought back to his remembrance. If you read the story correctly, you see that she's not saying anything new. She's she's re- reinforcing what God has said. Now, let's go. Let's go with the first point. She's a covering. She's reinforcing what God said to Barak to do. Let go to fight. Barak in turn says, I'm not going to go without you. She says, fine, but you got to do the fighting. And then God told Deborah to be a mother to Israel and sing a song. One, she reminds the man of what God has already said. Two, she's willing to go as far as she can, but still he has to do what God has called him to do. And then she brings comfort to those who to him after he fought the fight and now she becomes the mother to Israel the victor so she encourages she instructs but she allows him to win or lose now she covered him with her prayers with her instructions from God she didn't cloak him the cloaking would have been like this. She gave him the instructions that were given to God. That looks the same. He said he wouldn't go unless she, she went with him. She said, yes, that looks the same. But this is where the cloaking comes in. I'm going to fight for you. And you can stay behind the scenes because you're not prepared. You're not ready. And they don't need to see your flaws. They don't need to see that you're not ready to fight. I'm going to hide you behind me. And I'll go out here. And they won't be able to detect you. They won't even know that you exist. Because they will pay more attention to me than to you. No, you're not ready. Not the leader, but then now becomes the son. I'm going to cover for you and cloak you to the point, and I'm going to use cloak because I want you to understand the difference, to the point you are not detectable, visible, or relevant. You're there, but you're not there. No one can detect you, and that's the point I'm talking about. And this is from a man's perspective, ladies. I want you to get this because you always want to talk about you want to hear from us. This is a man's perspective. When a woman is a covering, I don't have any problem with that. Because the man is still allowed to be a man and make his mistakes. Because it's through our mistakes that we grow, right? It's through our missteps that we grow. It's through our correction and instruction, as the Bible said the word of God is for. 
in righteousness that we grow. Iron sharpens iron. Friction, we grow. A seed planted in the ground goes through friction and it grows. But if the seed stays above ground, it dies. But it has to be rooted and grounded. Okay, I don't want to get caught up in that. But I hope you see the difference. So, the first question I got was, well, well, I'll read it to you. And I'm not going to give you the person's name. I'll just make up a name. Mary. Mary said, Pastor Jay, but my man is insufficient in many different areas of his life. What am I to do? Am I to let everything fall because he's not ready? That's a good question. No, you're not supposed to let everything fall away. And I don't know if this is a husband or not. You're not supposed to let everything fall away because he's not ready. But you're not supposed to do this. For what you do allow him to do that he is ready to do, and I say allow him to do because he's doing it in your life, because I don't know if it's a husband or not, you monitor, you watch, but 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 give him room to make the decision to make some mistakes. You don't let somebody in your life to make a decision that will cause catastrophic change in your life. You got to start small with small commitments. And that's what, you know, we're going to get to that next. You got to start small. See, see, the issue becomes being unevenly yoked and men taking advantage of what scripture says, but not taking advantage of what scripture says. I'm going to say it again. Men taking advantage of what scripture says, but not taking advantage of what scripture says. Men run to the passage <clears throat> where it tells the wife to obey. But there's there's some nuances in there that we have to see. And it's in Ephesians. Let's, 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 let's just look at Ephesians chapter 5. Take your time. Go to Ephesians chapter 5. Okay. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 5. Okay. All right, let's start at verse uh, 21. And it says, and it tells us, and I'm, and I'm going to skip through some of it, but I'm just going to get to just a submit one to another out of reverence for Christ. Some may say fear, reverence is fear. So submit yourself because you have a great respect and admiration for Christ, one to another. That's in general. He's talking about the general relationship between Christian and Christian. Okay. Now he gets ready to go into wives and husbands. Some of your, some of your uh, verses of your Bibles, I'm reading out of the uh, ESV. So you might be reading out of the King James. So the wording may be different, but I want you to get this. It starts off with wives. Now check this out. Wives, person who's married. Wives, submit to your own husband. That's the one-on-one relationship. That's the one-on-one relationship. It's very narrow. This is not why I submit to every man because he's a man or male. This is why I submit to your own husbands. Now, this is the this is what I want you to get. This woman becomes a wife when she gets married to a husband. So now what we want to see is the quality of the husbands as we're going to get into this. 
that a wife submits to? What is this husband? Who is this husband? What are the qualities does this husband have that this wife is submitting to? So this general statement and say, wives, obey your husbands. We need to go a little deeper than this because this is just not a blanket statement. This one is a statement of two Christians. Two, this is not for unevenly yoked situations because you're going to see this. Watch this. Submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. So let's figure out what this is and what it looks like. For the husband is the head of the wife. Okay? The husband. Now, the previous verse says, as unto the Lord. The Lord is our leader, our guide, our God. As unto means like. Well, we know our husband is not our God. So the husband has to be a leader. But every man is not a leader. Right? There are those who are leaders. There are those who are baller shot callers, as they call them. There are those who are bosses. And then there's everybody else. So this husband should be qualified to call himself a leader. Just because he gets married, and this is what happens... Just because there's been a marriage ceremony, that doesn't mean he's prepared to lead. Because there's a quality of leadership that he has to display. Let's see. Verse 23. For the husband is the head of the church, even as Christ is the head. I'm sorry. Husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. His body and him and is himself his savior. So wow. The husband is his, is the head of the wife. The quality and the qualifying thing is as Christ is the head of the church, even as Christ is head of the church, his body and himself, its savior. Savior. Are you qualified to be the sacrificial savior for your wife? See, she's supposed to cover the man who has the qualities of Christ. She's supposed to to follow some man who has Christ-like leadership. But you're supposed to detect this before you get married. And that's how you end up cloaking for him because you picked a man that you start off covering and you know he's not ready. And instead of you spending the time and the energy helping him become ready by pushing him out here, encourage him like Deborah did, but allowing him to fall or rise based upon his own mistakes, you wanna you wanna cloak him. Cause you're more concerned about his self-esteem and how he feels versus him getting out here with some men and getting beat up and sharpened. Let that boy, that man child grow up 
and be embarrassed. Let them be uh, ashamed. Let them be sharpened. Let them be roughed up and toughed up because it, it's, it's good for them. You encourage them. Don't hide them. You can't tell me like he's one of the other fellas. Because I'm looking at you. You his front voice. Christ never needed anyone to speak for him. He never needed a second opinion to guide his church, to guide his disciples. He was the leader. And he fashioned 12 men to be leaders. And they made a lot of mistakes. Right, Peter? Right, Saul? They made a lot of mistakes, John. And when, think about this, go, go back in the book of John, <clears throat> where the sons of thunder's mama, they wanted to sit on the right and left-hand side of Jesus. The mama came along and tried to persuade him. See, she went from covering to cloaking. Pay attention to me. And my boys need to be sitting on the right-hand side. I can imagine the argument she made. But Jesus said, it doesn't work like that. I need to see where they're lacking. I need to see their deficiencies. And I need to raise them up. And if they're greater servants, they will. They can, they can possibly be. But that's not for me to choose. But with the way they become great in heaven... The way they become important, if that's what you want to say, is be the greater servant. Well, to be the greater servant, you got to be exposed. You can't be cloaking them. You got to let them get exposed. Because only through exposed deficiencies can he grow. It's just like an athlete. When I used to lift weights and run and stuff, they had to test me to see where I was deficient so they could train me. But if they pretended like I wasn't, like I had it going on, I would have never grown. Men grow through trials and testing. That's what we do. It develops their character. That's the same thing that's said in James. It's the testing that develops our character through patience. Women, in this day, in this day, you need to be a little bit more patient once you find your guy because you need to examine him to see if he's been tested. His character. We're not talking about his income. We're not talking about his education level necessarily. We're talking about his character. Because if he's in church, and just because he's in church doesn't mean he has the character of God. He's going to run to the scripture to try to dominate you. And that's not it. If Christ was our savior, Christ gave his life for us. So we're not talking about a leader who runs the scripture and say, wife, obey me. Because my question would be to those men who say that and don't know nothing else. Where's your sacrifice? Where's your saving? How do you save her? See, as much as a a, 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 a covering is she for you, are you her ultimate covering other than Jesus? Do you so sacrifice submission and consistency and commission and being committed? Jesus was committed to go to the cross for us, leadership. Jesus sacrificed life for us, leadership. Jesus submitted to the will of the Father, leadership. And he was consistent all the way through leadership. Faith without works is dead. Committed faith without works is dead. Consistent, consistent faith without works is dead. To submit in faith without works is dead. It has to be something that is not only in the spirit, but it has to be where the rubber meets the road, brothers. 
And sisters, quit hiding these men's deficiencies. If they don't speak well, let them speak and continue to speak and don't cover for them. Don't holler from the back room trying to correct them because what you do to what you do to them, what you think you're doing to them, protecting them, you actually exposing them because men don't trip off that like that. But they do trip off of you in the back room trying to correct them and he's in the front of the room talking. So what he said, tomato, we know it's tomato. What difference does it make? But for you to just make it obvious, you show his weakness in a way that shouldn't be shown. If it's that serious, we will pull him aside. But if you jump in before he can make the mistake and try to put words into the mouth that are not his, that is not joined from his heart, we look at that as an affront to his masculinity. You go from being his woman to his mama in our eyes. You're cloaking him. You're not covering him. And I know you're doing it with good intentions, but since I encourage you, let him fail. Let him make a mistake. Now, again, I want to say, do not let him make a mistake that it will bring you down. See if he cares about himself enough to, to, to learn and grow and let go of his past notions. And, I, and, and one thing I've learned this past week, and, and this is a real thing, a lot of men do not have male role models. They're fatherless, coachless, all that, all that stuff. And I'm blessed to have all of that. And there's a certain mentality that I have. I take pride in what I do, even when it's wrong. Meaning I'm going to do whatever I commit myself to, even when I find out that it's wrong, as much as I can. I don't overpromise and underperform. But see, those are things that have to be taught. So let's go on. So we have Christ. Now let's go on. Ephesians 24 says, Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit even themselves to their, to their husbands. So this is a Christ gives himself and Christ deserves. See, if Christ didn't submit and be a savior, there will be reason for us to submit to him. I want you women to catch that. Now, as the church submits to Christ, why does the church submit to Christ? That's your question. Because Christ gave his life for the church. So husbands, how much of your life are you willing to give away for your wife to be able to submit to you? So you become the greater sacrificer. And what does that look like? It's in many different ways. Many different ways. And if you want me to tell you some, please email me or instant message me. Walk in truth. Christian Fellowship Church on Facebook or better yet email me at jcsm as in Mary ortg at yahoo.com or sutton968 at gmail.com we gotta have this conversation between men and women because what we're doing is we're getting before the public and we're portraying something that we're not church and because of the relationship between men and women and their wives and their husbands something is going on that shouldn't happen but as Christ died for us men are you willing to to die for your wife 
And I'm not talking about the physical death. I'm talking about the fact that that's the basis of her submitting to you. How much of a savior are you to her? How much are you willing to sacrifice for her? So the wives are, are, are submitting to a savior sacrificial husband. Now check this out. Now he's going to explain it. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. So the next question is, how did Christ love the church? I kind of went over it already. He submitted. He sacrificed. He gave his life. He was consistent. He was committed. He was willing to go all the way to save the church. He was willing to be embarrassed. To, uh, he was willing to what? Be embarrassed. Be seen. Be shown deficient. Be shown with his... And we're going to just use this with his draws down. Beat. He was going to take it to save his bride. His pride was in his bride. His pride was not in himself. So just walking around saying you a male doesn't make you a man. Where's your pride? Is your pride in taking care of your family? If your pride is in buying the latest pair of tennis shoes and walking around like you got it going on and you know deep inside you don't, if your pride is in, in, in these organizations and these fraternities and, these, and all this other junk that don't mean nothing and your family is raggedy, then you have misplaced pride because you're not sacrificing for them. You sacrifice to be important in these organizations. She'll cover you. She'll clothe you. But are you covering and clothing her? When you say something, can she make? She can she count on? Just like Christ, if Christ says something, He is God and He can't lie. Can you do what you say you's gonna do in the time frame you say you're gonna do it? And if you can't get it done, are you man enough to say I'm falling short? Help me. Christ didn't make excuses. Paul and Peter and them they didn't make excuses. They dealt with the consequences of their actions. And telling a woman she can't handle, she, you can't handle what I need to tell you the truth, you covering for your, you cloaking yourself. You not doing the cover for her. She's been strong for you. She can handle the truth. Women say they want the truth. But you trying to, out of some false sense of pride, she can't handle the truth. Yeah, she can't handle the fact that you say stuff that you cannot do. She she can't handle the fact that you make promises that you don't keep. She can't handle the fact that you have deadlines that you let come and go. She can't handle the fact that every time there's a problem, there's a twist to it that you have participated in. She can't handle that. So how is that husbands <clears throat> love your wife? You're not loving her. Love is about sacrifice. Christian love is about sacrifice. Commitment, consistency. You're going to hear them words all through this. Consistency, commitment, and sacrifice and submission. That's what Christian love is about. So husbands, submit. Husbands, sacrifice. As Christ did for the church. So that's what love is about. And what did he do? Give himself up. Y'all need to circle that. Give himself up for her. Give himself up for her. Are you giving yourself up for her? No, you're not going to hang out with the guys 
as much. It's not giving yourself up for her. You're not going to drink and get drunk all the time. It's not giving yourself up for her. That helps you too. You you not can you can you can you at least promise if all she wants you to do is come to church with her? Can you do that? Can you be the one who pick her up? Can you lead her to church since you're the leader? Why should she have to lead you to church? Why can't you be the first one up and say, let's go and get her going? I've seen this personally and up close. It is a beautiful thing to see the man lead his family to church. And see, a lot of people thought, well, if a woman go, her man go, no, that's not normally, it work. don't work like that. I have a congregation full of women who are married and single who men do not come to church. I have Bible studies where there's I'm the only man in the class. But yet they want to be leaders. And any old excuse they do. And and this is what I'm saying, woman. This is what happens when you cloak in a man. He wants to get patted on the back when you're cloaking him too much. He's not seen. He wants to get patted on the back for doing what he's supposed to do. Lights on. And I'm just talking about, and I'll just give you an example. It's not in all relationships, okay? So don't go there with me, all right? Don't send me this woman, uh, hear me roar stuff. I don't, we ain't talking about that right now. I'm trying to get these brothers together, okay? Just let me help, please. I know you can do it. You've been doing it. You're great at it. But but what are you? What are we getting in the wake of it? What is the byproduct of this on the man's side? Because most of the strong women I know, and I know a lot of them, they get tired after a while of the woman who, the man who is not, excuse me, the man who is not the Ephesians 5 man. They work and they come in, he playing PlayStation. That was fine at first because she wanted to be with somebody. And I'm doing this because this is a what they call cuffing season. People are shacking up because this is the time to shack up. Be careful what you, who you shack up with and who you decide to, that you're going to be spending the rest of your life with because it can be very devastating to you. So yeah, who you got to look at this man. Is he doing it? Is he willing to do that? Most women would tell you it's the little things. And the littlest thing is, it should be the major thing, is your word. If you were, you know, and I did something about Roman candle relationships, where you start off making all these promises and all this stuff, and you got the zeal because it's new to you, and then eventually as time go on, you don't do what you say you was going to do. Because why? She's cloaked you. She's not only covered you, she's cloaked you. She's put you so far on the back burner in the sense of discovering on who you are, allowing you to be a man, to come out and make mistakes, that now... It goes from I got a man to I'm raising a, a, a man. She didn't get into it because if you'd have told her that you were deficient in these things and that you were working on these things, she might have said, "You work on those things and come back and see me." All right. So we had a situation. We said, "Said husbands love your wives, as Christ loved the church, and gave Himself up for her." Are you giving yourself up? That he might sanctify, set her apart, set her apart, set her apart, make her special, make her unlike any other woman in his life, 
Are you a mama's boy? If you're a mama's boy, you can't set your wife apart. If your whole focus is on pleasing your mama, sometimes we're in some weird, strange relationships where some of these single mothers really have boyfriends and their sons and their sons have girlfriends and their mom. And I'm not talking about the sexual part. I'm talking the emotional, spiritual commitment. Husbands, leave your wife and leave your mother and father and cleave unto your wife because you become one flesh. I can't be one flesh with my wife and my whole motive of everything is to please my mama still. So my question would be is, did your mama cloak you all your life to not raise you to go out there and forge your own life? Some of you have been hindered by the philosophies of the way you were raised. I love my mom and dad dearly. Those who know, know I did. But you know what my mom and dad taught us? All of us. You go out here and make some of yourself. And then if I need you, you can come back and help me. But if you don't ever go out here and make some of yourself, I'll always be helping you. And I taught my kids that. They are living their life now. Now, if time happens to come where one of them need to take care of me, they can because I've raised them in such a way that they are going out doing their thing and they look back and say, I can do this, dad. I can do that, dad. Do you see what I'm saying? They can do it with their mom. Same thing. Some of you have been raised in a way that doesn't allow you to grow, man. And you think you're grown cause you, cause, because you do obey your mama. No, you're not grown until you forge a life for yourself. And your mama should say, get off of me. Get off of me. Go do your thing. And it's when you do your thing, you can help me if I ever need you. But I can't count. Think about this. Your mama can't really count on you to do nothing but some stuff. She's still giving you money. She's still taking care of you. She's still making sure you have. You 50 years old. And if something serious happened because you didn't forge out on your own and become your own man, you have nothing to fall back on. That's why they need to live forever. These parents who have done this and realize what they've done, they, they hope that they live forever because they understand if they don't, they didn't equip their children, their men child to go out and do what they're supposed to do. You cloaked them too long. My mama covered me in, my, in her prayers and I made some crazy mistakes. Trust me. But I dealt with them and it made me strong. I didn't run from them. I dealt with it head on. To my embarrassment, to my losing my place in society, to all of that. And I had good and I had good women in my life at the time. And she didn't cloak me. I had to go through to become who I am today. And I hurt a lot of people on the way. But I can't take out anything that I've done good or bad or indifferent and not reach to who I am today to tell you tell you brothers this you got a misconception of what manhood is and sisters you're not helping them by cloaking them when two men are having a conversation don't you jump in no matter what's being said because you don't jump in when the mother and the sister and the female cousins are talking to him and berating him so why are you jumping in when I'm berating him? I'm berating him to make him sharp. I don't know. They're berating him to maintain control. 
What I'm saying is, stay in your lane sometimes. Cover, don't cloak. All right. 26. That he might sanctify her, me set her apart, having cleansed her. So in, in, in setting her apart, you have to cleanse her. How can you cleanse her if you don't know the word of God? Really, when you don't really know the word of God, you don't, you don't, and I'm just talking about Christians. I'm, right now, I'm just dealing with Christians in one sense, but this could be good for everybody. How are you cleansing her when you really don't have an understanding or command of the word of God? How are you, how are you deserving a wife and, you, and you're not ready to do all of this? It said, by the, by, the, by the washing of the water of the word, with the word. How can you wash it with the word when you don't really understand? You got, you can pick and choose, but you don't understand things in context. So that, so that he might present her, present the church to himself. And he's talking about his bride in splendor. So you are her savior, sanctifier, and satisfier. She's satisfied when you can, 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 can present her in splendor. You can tell what's going on in most of these houses when you look out and deal with these women in these churches because she wears his reflection. I'm going to say that again. On her face and her demeanor, she wears his full of reflection. When she's ha- when when thing, when he's doing what he's supposed to do, she has a different reflection. Has a whole different reflection and, and vice versa. I know women who make excuses for their man. You're, 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 what you're doing is you're, 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 you think you're covering him, but you're actually cloaking him because you don't want him to be embarrassed. Let him be embarrassed. Let him be embarrassed. And then you'll see how strong his character is because if he runs away from chastisement, he's going to run away from chastisement of the Lord. I should be able to chastise as a leader no worse you shouldn't fear me. You should fear what the Lord is going to do to you. Because you made these promises. You know, it's like, it's like, it's like Ananias and Sapphira. The money was yours. You didn't have to lie. You didn't have to make the promise. What if God would do that to some of you men in relationship with your woman? That when you promise to her, you look at it as I'm promising unto the Lord because the Lord hears me. And if I don't do my best to, to come through with this, if I, if I lie, if I try to do something slick, that the Lord's going to kill me. You probably act different. But you're counting on the grace and the mercy of God and your ability to, to try to rectify it some other kind of way. First is just dealing with it, man. Let, let me tell you something I've learned the hard way. Just deal with it, for real. Just deal with it. Get it over with. There's a freedom in dealing with stuff. Yes, you got to deal with the natural consequences and, and, the, and the man may not forgive you, but God does and God respects one who's willing to deal with the consequences of their actions, but he forgives you. So women, don't cloak your man. And I'm going to end with this. And, uh, and we could talk about it some more. Please, again, write in. Give me some feedback on this. Um, Proverbs 31, woman. All right. Proverbs 31 woman. First of all, let's let's do this in context. 
King Lemuel. King. I'm going to say that again. King. Just not any man. This man is always already a man of prominence. So this man of prominence, prominence, I'm sorry, prominence is looking for a wife. And he begins to look for this Proverbs 31 woman. And his mother gives him instructions from an oracle from God on what to look for. But first, the first there is verses one through seven gives you what this kingly man should and should not be doing. Nobody ever reads that part. Drinking heavy drink. Being a drunkard. Being a person that can't make decisions. Being a person that should not be allowed to make decisions because they're unstable. So we're talking about someone who is stable. Who is sober minded. And now we get into the Proverbs 31 woman. Now think about this. Unless he is sober minded and an Ephesians 5 type of man, he does not deserve, brothers, a Proverbs 31 woman. You're not a king and you're not a prince. You're just a dude. And God don't give his daughters, his queens and his princes to just dudes. See, you got to be the Proverbs, the, the Ephesians 5 man to deserve the Proverbs 31 woman. See, the Proverbs 31 woman is a covering, not a cloak, because he's a king and he sits outside and I'm not going to read it. He sits, he sits in prominent position and his wife exhibits his Ephesians 5. Because he's secure in who he is and is a good leader and a good father and a good man, He's Ephesians 5 all through and through. His wife has the ability and the, and, and the capability and the mental uh, capacity and the passion to be a Proverbs 31 woman. The problem is, I challenge you, you Proverbs 31 women, do you have an Ephesians 5 man? Are you a covering or a cloak? Can I see him when you spend all your time cloaking him? Can other men sharpen him when you do everything you can to avoid him from being chastised, sharpened, built up? I know you think you're doing well, but what you're doing is making him more like a child and less like a man. Because men have a standard. And when you get to the point, brothers, where your women cannot trust you with the small things, she cannot be the Proverbs 31 woman because she got to raise you. You're that part where she got to raise the kids. She can't go out and make the paper because you're too busy playing these head games with your so-called manhood. But you're not a man unless you can identify with Ephesians 5. Point blank. You can be mad at me if you want. If you need for me to explain it deeper to you, I'm going to have men's meetings real soon. And uh, 
and those teachings will be on the podcast and on SoundCloud. But today, I just want to tell you, sisters, bravo. You do a great job. You've done above and beyond the call of duty in most relationships. But we have to draw the line somewhere because your covering now has become a cloak. And what happens is that man who is being cloaked will settle into being a cloak. And now you're working harder than you ever had before. Go back to old saying, you can do bad by yourself. And men, tell the truth about who you really are. We are willing and able to teach you, but you have to be willing to submit and submit to the rigorous training. And the hardest thing, because we're not talking about children or teenagers becoming men, because they have a natural submission to older men. I'm talking about 50-year-old men who think they're men, but are still children. I'm talking about 40-year-old males who think they are men. 20-year-old males who think they are men. And it's harder to work backwards. And I'm going to give a quick story, and then I'm going to get finish this. My father, oh my God, rest, God rest his soul, and my mom. Me and my brother used to have to go out and rake leaves. And our yard has a lot of leaves to this day. And um, if we did not do it to the satisfaction, that's the time where you had to put it in bags. Now we just got to rake them to the curb and they, they suck them up. But we probably have maybe 25, sometimes 30 bags, depending on how full we want to, to put them. And, and we found out if we make them too full, they're harder to carry, where it's best just use a moderate amount so it's easy to carry. So, if me and my brother would wake the yard and it was not uh, up to my father's liking, you remember my father's liking, we've worked all morning, we come out and say, Dad, look, and it's not to like what he liked, he wanted, he would take the bags and put them back out on the yard and we would have to wake them again. And he'd say, do it right the first time. Now, were we mad? Yes, but we submitted to the chastisement of my father. He didn't hit on us. He just said, this is not acceptable. Women, when you're cloaking a man, he never learns what's not acceptable. Get it? I hope so. This is Pastor Teacher Dr. James Sutton of Walking True Christian Fellowship Church. I want you to be encouraged and be blessed. This is Real Talk Weekend. And I thank you for tuning in. If you want to get in touch with me, you can get in touch with me at Walking True Christian Fellowship on Facebook. Befriend me at James Sutton II on Facebook. You can re-email me at Walking Truth Ministries, all one word, at yahoo.com. Or you can reach me at JCSM as in Mary, O-R-T-G, at yahoo.com, or S-U-T-T-O-N-968 at gmail.com. I appreciate it. I thank you. And again, we will be talking about you like you didn't get to domestic violence. Nope, ran out of time. We're going to be talking about that next week. But I do want to encourage you to go out and uh, and buy a book from a fellow podcaster of mine. Her name is uh, Tanika Drake. She wrote a great book on domestic violence that opened up my eyes to um, domestic violence. And her and, and I'm, I'm going to pull up her book's name. And uh, I don't see it right now. 
but you can uh, you can uh, you can pull it up on uh, on uh, Amazon and and all the other places where you can uh, get a book. Oh, here it is. I found it. The gift. The gift of finding God's love, guilt and shame turned into my shine. That's Tanika Drake. You can find her book on Amazon again. And she's a podcaster. Also, God's gift through his word. Check her out. And again, this uh, this show can be reached and listened to on any of your favorite podcast platforms. All you need to do is go to Walk in Truth Radio with Dr. James Sutton. And I should come up and you should listen to this episode. Please share it. Please like it. Please click it. Also be posted on Facebook. So, you know, you can find this and you can pass it on to people. But again, next week, we're going to talk about domestic violence, the cloak of domestic violence, the cover up of domestic violence in the church. Again, Tanika Drake's book is The Gift of Finding God's Love, Guilt and Shame Turned into My Shine. So please check her out. Please check out our podcast, God's Gift Through His Word. And I look forward to talking to you next week and giving you your one minute encouraging word. Again, please give me feedback. I thank you. Again, I don't have all the answers to everything, but I'm just giving you my perspective on my Real Talk weekend. You have a blessed weekend and have a great day in church. Peace.